0: Hey everyone, it's Pastor Micah, lead pastor here at High Praise Crestview. I want to say thank you for choosing to listen to today's podcast. I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening from today and go connect with us on social media as well. My prayer is that as you listen to this message, you're encouraged, blessed, and transformed by the power of the Word of God. Now open your heart and get ready to receive what God wants to speak to you today. we started this series called don't talk about money a series where we talk about money and so we are going to be talking about guess what Finances, money, things of this nature. It's important that the church talks about this. Um, We allow the stock market to talk about it. We allow the news to talk about it. We allow Facebook to talk about it. We allow Instagram to talk about it. We let Newsmax, CNN, and all these different places have uh, our ear gate when it comes to the area of our finances. But let me tell you, the church and what the word of God has to say about money and about finances is really where we need to be lending our ear to the most. Amen? This is some of the places where we need to be actually be listening to to what the Lord is saying and speaking over our finances, what he calls for us to do with it. If we really want to be Bible-believing Christians, those that walk as Jesus did, if we really want to be Christians, if we really want to live by the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me, then guess what? We have to be willing to talk about money in church and what the Bible actually says about it. And so as I already alluded to, next week we're really going to dive into tithes and offerings, but this week I want to give a little bit of review because I know we had a lot of people out last last week. I want to give you a little bit of review what we talked about last week and then i want to finish up our message from last week in this series where we have been talking about money is not my master but it does matter okay it's not your master it doesn't need to be your master but it does matter are you in psalm 24 here we go verses 1 and 2 the earth is the lord's and what all its fullness how much of its fullness all all of its what fullness okay so that means what everything so the earth is the lord's everything in it the world and those who dwell therein for he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. God has established everything that you see. God has created everything that you see and it all belongs to the Lord. We need to get this revelation and understanding in the beginning of this series and the reason that it's so important that we get this revelation that God has created everything is because then we can actually finally realize that our money doesn't even really belong to us anyways. It was given to us. Understand, i say this it was given to us on loan he is loaning it to us he is providing it to us for us now to be faithful stewards and use and steward what he has given to us properly okay everything that you have every dollar every talent every gifting every ability guess what it was given to you by god everything that you are, everything that you have, it was given to you by God. Why can we stand and say that with assurance? Because the Bible clearly tells us, it clearly tells us this, that every good and perfect gift has come to the, has come from the father given to us from the father listen to me listen even the things that you don't like about yourself are still good things for you that god has given to you i you may not like all your curves and all your edges and all your perfect imperfections but listen <laughs> god has given that to you okay that is something that god, god has created you you are fearfully and what wonderfully made so every good and perfect thing comes from the father everything we are everything we own everything that we have belongs to the lord and we've got to get that revelation and that understanding just to start out with here okay and now we're going to scroll on down i gave i talked a little bit um, out of matthew chapter 6 last week where we talked about don't store up your uh yourself treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy but the scripture goes on uh, store up treasures in heaven where they don't and then it also talks some about and says this where your treasure is there your heart will be also and i mentioned this last week but listen 30 percent of the parables that jesus told actually have to do with valuables, which valuables represent finances or money for us today, okay? So that means, guess what? Jesus talked about money. Just as much, okay, listen to me. Yes, Jesus came to save you. Yes, Jesus came to to give you eternal life. Yes, Jesus came for you. But he also came to encourage, enlighten, and give you some wisdom on some practical things in your life that you're going to have to walk through. The Bible says that Jesus is what? The Word made flesh. So anytime that Jesus is speaking here, and so when he's giving these parables to people, guess what? He is speaking from the Word made flesh. So he is telling you this is what the Word of God says about your money and about your finances, okay? Where your treasure is, there your heart is. That means this. Money i mean uh yes money will reveal heart issues so if your treasure is with money it reveals the heart issue that you have okay so we got to guard ourselves make sure that that we don't we don't uh, make money our master and we talked about that where jesus says no one can serve two masters either you will hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other you cannot serve god and money but the problem is today we have m- money equals success to us okay but what i wanted to tell you is this and i'm I'm going to say this again. If Jesus says you're blessed, that should be your success. At the end of the day, the content of your character is much more important than the amount of zeros you have at the end of your bank account. Billy Sunday said it like this. The fellow who has no money is poor. The fellow who has nothing but money is still poorer. I'm going to give you these things real quickly because I think these were really good last week and things for us that we should continue to marinate on because I'm going to be honest with you, okay? I gave you this word last week about money not being your master, but at the same time, I realize that you don't change overnight, right? If in your life you have made the habit within yourself that money has been your master and that you've been having issues in this area, I realize that one message is not going to fix all of your financial struggles, all your your struggles that you're dealing with, with making money your master, okay? So this is something that we need to continue to marinate on, this is something that we're going to just continue to put at the forefront of our thinking, because the bottom line is, is this, you have to be renewed by the Word of God, and part of renewal means a constant renewal, something that you are consistently doing, guess what? You need to consistently remind yourself that I have the mind of Christ. You need to consistently remind yourself that you are protected. You need to consistently remind yourself that you are healed. You need to consistently remind yourself that I'm called to walk in the in the power of Jesus. You need to be consistent in that stuff. But you also need to be consistent in realizing I've got to put money in the right spot in my life. I've got to put my value system in the right place. i got to put priorities in the right order because if I don't focus on those things, if I don't make sure to give a attention To those, and make sure that I'm constantly watching that. Guess what? Eventually, things will get out of order. The greatest way to get things out of order is to stop being intentional in your priorities. Because as soon as you stop being intentional in your priorities, and listen, we could talk about this in all different facets and areas of life. If you stop being intentional with your children, guess what happens? Everything gets out of order in your household with your kids. Your kids no wonder if they if they're actually loved and cared for. Your kids start being rebellious. Your kids don't listen and your kids aren't obeying. Your kids are just being not good you know if we're not intentional with our children in our discipline and how we raise our children guess what things get out of order if we're not intentional in our marriages things get out of order so I'm I'm saying this if you're not intentional in the area of your money focusing paying attention continuing to make sure you're making those adjustments and watching these things guess what things will get out of order and money will quickly become your master again so I want to give you these things real quickly just as a reminder that money should never be the deciding factor in life all altering decisions, okay? Money should, that should never be a deciding factor. You should not be running after money. You should be running after the Lord and let all these things be added unto you. Money should never keep you from raising your kids in the fear and the admonition of the Lord, which means, That means this, if you are constantly at work and you're never, 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 never with your kids and you never pay attention to them and you never give them the time because you're giving everything that you have to the boss and to the taskmaster and all these different things, if you are never actually being able to have that time to raise your kids in the house of the Lord, if you're constantly always missing church but your kids are always going to church, you know, listen to me, you need to be in there with them too. Guess what? If you want to lead your household, you have to be present to lead your household. All right? So it should never keep you from raising your kids in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Number three was money should never keep you from being a present, loving, and caring spouse. The same thing goes when we're talking about kids. It goes with your spouse as well. It should Money and chasing this thing should never keep you from being with your children I mean, and with your wife or your husband. Money should not be what makes you successful or a failure, okay? If Jesus says success, then I'm a success. Money should never be a motivation of relationship. I said this in the second service, and for those of you who were here last week in the first service, y'all missed this this because this was good. I talked about for a moment and I, this was not in my notes, but I'm going to say it again real quickly. Even in our relationship with the Lord, money should never be the motivation of that relationship. Well, if I if I have a relationship with the Lord like pastor said and I and I just and I give my money then I'm going to get more blessed and I'm going to get more money, okay? that's That should never be the motiva- motivation of a relationship that we have with Jesus. As a matter of fact, we're going to talk about this next week, but the tithe and the giving of offerings is something that should be done from your heart, not from a law book, okay? Do, now, I believe in the tithe, and, but I believe in the tithe Outside of the law, and now my heart is so my, my treasure is not with money. My treasure is so with God that I realize that this is what God said. And I, don't, I, can, I can preach my next week's message right now if I wanted to. But in Matthew chapter 25, whenever Jesus is talking to the scribes and Pharisees, He's actually speaking to them, and He says, "This you've done well in the giving of the tithe." So Jesus reiterates the tithe right there. And many people have said the tithe are passed away. It's new. It's New Testament. We're not under the law. And listen to me. I understand that. I agree that we're not. Not under the law anymore, okay? But I do believe this: that when Jesus says, "Hey, you've done really good at giving in the tithe," there's something important to be noted there, where Jesus kind of saying, "Listen, you've done good at the baseline," but then he talks about all the other things is where you're you're lacking. You're not you're not being compassionate. You're not loving. You're not being just. You're not just a person of justice. He starts talking about those things. So, where I'm getting at is this. The tithe baseline is 10%, but now my treasure is with God. So now it is easy for me to give that 10% and greater because he's already said, listen, give the tithe. And we can talk all about this. We got to talk more about next week. I'm getting way ahead of myself. But it should never be the motivation of your relationship with the Lord. Amen. Y'all with me? I'm talking fast this morning because I want to get into these points. Okay. Money should never be the motivation of relationship. Money should not be held on to tighter than our faith. Okay? And last week, we talked a little bit about breaking free of the money master mindset. The, the master of money mindset, number one, was be a good steward. That doesn't mean only when you have a lot, you be a good steward over what you have now. Stewardship is not having a lot or a little. It's about watching what you have well. Okay? It's about looking over what you have well. Looking over what you have well means not being frivolous, with what you're doing in the area of your finances. But once again, there's a word that comes into play, be intentional. Stewardship is true intentionality when it comes to your finances. That means that if you know you have bills that need to be paid, if you know there's... You know there's bills that need to be paid. It's probably not best to go out to eat this week, but rather watch over what you have and maybe eat a sandwich this week and go out maybe next week when you have a little bit more and you've allotted for that, okay? That is stewardship. It's watching what we have, living within our means, living, uh, making sure that we're we're not overspending in those things. We must be a good steward and intentional, all right? The second thing was this, was practicing contentment, and this is where we ended last week. But contentment is very important when it comes comes to the area of our finances, because if you're never content with what you have, you will always be wanting more, which means you will always be doing what? Spending more. You'll be spending more than comes in. You'll be envious of others. You'll you'll become greedy. Contentment really is a vast, it it stretches into many different areas of your life. But listen, the key to contentment is realizing how much he cares. We talked about that in Matthew chapter six, when it talks about how he clothes the the flowers and and the birds of the air, they can fly around and, and, and he provides for them and he provides for the grass, he provides for all of the things that are around us, he provides for the land around us. How much more does he care for us. How much more does he care for you? Listen, he will be your provider and you can really become content when you realize how much he cares. Now this brings us to this week. Are y'all ready? We got three more points and we're going to jump into this. The third way to break out of the master money mindset is this. Value relationship over possessions. Value relationship. And now we're going to talk about a lot of different relationships here, okay? Value relationships over possessions. If you are more interested in possessions and what you can possess than having good, healthy, God-strong-built relationships, then, your, then money is actually being a master in your life, okay? Realize this. You need to realize that time with your family is important. Time with your friends is important. Your mental health is important, meaning this. If you are going so far after finances, money, jobs, promotions, and all this, but it is, it is causing severe depression and mental health issues, that is not of God for you. I'm glad two people realize that because some of y'all must be going after some things that are causing you some serious mental stress. Now I'm now I want to balance this, okay? I want to balance this because not everything in life is going to be easy, okay? And we have a we, there is definitely people in our life, and I hate to I'm not going to use the overgeneralization that many people use. Go, this generation they just want everything easy. I've also seen 60 and 70 year old people who want everything easy, okay? So please stop that mess. But anyways a whole another whole another topic we could talk about another another time. But anyways, uh. There are people in this world that, and, and especially in our civilization and the culture that is created, even in our nation, that want everything easy. They want the, they got the BK mentality, okay? They want everything their way, and they want it. They want it now as well. So they want it to order it the way that they want it, and they want it as soon as they order it, okay? But listen, the things in life that are not going to always be super easy. It's not always super easy to be a pastor. It's not always super easy to deal with things that we have to deal with. It's not always Always super easy and fun to come in here and get really, really critical about how <laughs> y'all left me, but how the chairs are lined up and making sure that the rows are straight before you come in here on Sunday and the time that it takes to do that. It's not always easy, but it does, it should not send you into deep dark depression and anxiety and mental health issues just because you are going so hard after money. If it's causing insomnia because you are going so hard after money, you're not really valuing relationship and your own. Uh, mental health, uh, you are valuing money more. And guess what? Money cannot buy your mental health. It can buy you counseling appointments and it can buy you therapy appointments. And listen to me, listen to me. There is nothing wrong with those things. There is nothing wrong with those things. There is nothing wrong with those things, okay? God has given wisdom to uh, therapists, counselors, and, 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 and guidance to them. And it's important that if you are going through mental health issues, that you do seek out some form of help, okay? Yes, we need the Bible. Yes, we need scripture. Yes, we need Jesus. Yes, we need the Spirit of God. But listen, it's okay to also need some people in your side. The Bible talks about confessing your sins one to another, okay? And so it's confessing the things that you're going through. I'm going off on a whole other message right now, but it's okay. But listen, what, it, what I'm getting at here is if you're constantly going after other things, but you never go on vacation with your family. You never do anything with your spouse. You never take her out on a date because you're always at the job site or your mind's always in the in 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 the job site or let me just say this your mind's always on money at home you're so concerned with money that you can't value your family properly where your treasure is there your heart will be also if you value your family guess what you will make time for your family You will show them that they are loved, that they are important. That doesn't mean you have to take them to Disney World or on a cruise. It can be that you go on a McDonald's date, okay? Listen, do something of importance. Show them that you love them. Take your kids to the park. That costs nothing, okay? Like, do things that show your family that, listen, I value you more than I value money. You're more important, okay? If money is robbing your God-ordained relationships, you need to change the value order in your life, let me go and say this too. Your relationship with Jesus is more important than any kind of money. Your, your relationship with people in this church body is, should be more important than finances. If your job is constantly pulling you from church and you can never be in church and you can never be connected and you can never be plugged in, guess what? I'm just going to be I'm gonna flat out going and tell you right now, that is not the job that God has for you. God is not going to put you, God does not want to put you in a place long term that's going to take you and rob you from being in a place that God calls you and tells you to go to. Because guess what? Jesus went to church. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian, but Christians ought to go to church. They should be gathering in the assembly of the saints. There should be a gathering that takes place. You should be faithful to that. You should be showing up. I'm not saying this because I'm a pastor, because guess what? Pastor Chelsea and I have talked about this numerous times. Even if we weren't in ministry and we weren't pastors, guess where we'd be on Sundays? In church. In the house of the Lord. There's no other place I would be. It, It is important to us to carve out time. Now, balance, Right? People of balance, I love to talk about balance. The balance is, I understand you do have jobs. I understand sometimes you have to go away on weekends. I understand you need vacations. I understand all of these things, okay? Matter of fact, uh, in April, we will miss a Sunday because we take that we take at least one Sunday off every year because we value our relationship, we value our marriage, and we make sure at least one Sunday a year that we miss a Sunday and her and I, we go away and we celebrate, we'll celebrate. be celebrating our 12-year anniversary in April, okay? And so we're gonna miss a Sunday. So I said to say, I understand that you need to do those things as far as your church attendance goes and things like that but at the same time it is important to be involved and planted in the local church body amen, amen. if you need money for that new outfit more than you need a strong marriage you got a problem here <laughs> I gotta look. I gotta look good. I gotta be wearing the designer jeans, or the designer things. Okay, like I, ha- I know I have Nikes on. You know what though? I bought these Nikes. I'm, I'm gonna tell you how much I bought them for because it was a steal. You, you know, y'all. I-, I don't know about you. I'm a deals person. Anybody else shop deals? All right. How many of you just buy it because you liked it? No, no one wants to raise their hand on that. I don't know about that, Pastor. You about to call me out? Okay. I am a deals person. Uh, I-, I got these pants from Marshalls. I I got this sweater from Marshalls. i think i got this t-shirt i have on from i didn't buy a sale on this but i think it was nine dollars at h&m okay and my nikes i got for 50 bucks okay i'm shopping deals over here stewardship i'm watching over what i got i'm making sure but but it will never be to a point that's like i've got to have more money so that i can dress this way but i'm going to deny my spouse what she might need from our marriage In taking her out on dates Oh y'all don't want to talk about this I need more tools No your wife needs a date You don't need another screwdriver Okay You don't need another saw What you need to do is take your wife Out to Chili's or something And enjoy a meal together And not talk about work Not talk about all that stuff Just talk about y'all I'm giving marriage advice this morning, okay? And the wife should be twirling and all kinds of things. Like, I, y'all should be getting excited in this room. Now, uh, women, your husband needs some of you. Bless God. He needs time with you. He needs to talk with you. He needs to sit with you. He needs to be loved and honored and respected in the way that he wants to be loved, honored, and respected, okay? And so don't let your makeup and your time with your girlfriends and always trying to find another girlfriend. Understand the season of your of life that you're in and live there. That's a part of contentment. <laughs> Let's go back, okay? Every season has different lives, okay? I mean, different—well, they do. They have different lives, really. I've lived 15 lives, I feel like, sometimes. No. They have different, every season is different, okay? And, and there's gonna be some seasons where you get to go hang out with people more. There's gonna be some seasons where you have to stay at home more. There's gonna be some seasons where you get to go out on dates more. There's gonna be some seasons where you gotta stay home and date uh, each other a little bit more, okay? But what I'm getting at here is never let money be more important than your spouse. Never let money be more important than what you can get for your kids and do for your kids. Are y'all with me this morning? Because listen to me, at the end of the days, the zeros won't matter, but the time will and the relationships will. My dad used to say this, i've never heard and i love this and has anybody ever seen the movie click Uh, with adam sandler anybody in here whoo y'all want to talk about messing up teenage micah in the middle of a theater sobbing crying my grandpa uh, i'm gonna cry right now my grandpa had just had a heart attack and had triple bypass surgery and my dad didn't know how this movie was going to be okay because we didn't have as many like internet reviews as we have today and get to see like the synopsis and all that anyways he saw the trailer. It's Adam Sandler. We're going to go see this movie. It's me, uh, dad, uh, my brother, my older brother Joshua, and then my grandpa who had just had triple bypass surgery not long ago. And if you've ever seen the movie, at the end of the movie, uh, basically he's fast-forwarding through life because he's frustrated with it. And at the end of the movie, he gets to the end of his days, and he is broken because basically he wished he would have spent more time with his family. Teenage Micah broke in that theater, Okay. <laughs> And at my dad say you never see anybody that at the end of their life and they're on their deathbed laying there going oh I wish I would have had the Ferrari or oh I wish I would have had this or oh I wish I would have had that. But what you do hear a lot of is I wish I would have had more time. Time is a currency you can never gain more of. And never value the currency of money more than you value the currency of time. Time with your family, time with your kids, time with your loved ones time in your relationship, time with the relationship with the Lord, time with your relationship in church and with people of the church and with Jesus. Never allow the value of money to be greater than the value of time that you get in relationships. Matter of fact, Jesus talks about this in one of his parables. He says in Luke 12, 13, I'm going to read this out of the message. Luke 12, 13, you can write this down. I didn't put it up on the screens today because the Lord gave this to me this morning. Someone out of the crowd said, "Teacher, order my brother to give me a fair share of the family inheritance." He replied, "Mister, what makes you think it's any of my business to be a judge or mediator for you?" Verse 15, speaking to the people, he went on, "Take care, protect yourself against the least bit of greed. Life is not defined by what you have, even when you have a lot." Then he told them the story. The rich, I mean the farm of a certain rich man produced a terrific crop. He talked to himself, what can I do? My barn isn't big enough for this harvest. Then he said, here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll gather in all my grain and goods and I'll say to myself, self, you've done well. You've got it made. You can now retire. Take it easy and have the time of your life. Verse 20, just when God showed up and said, fool, tonight you die and your barn full of goods, who gets it? That's what happens when you fill your barn with self and not with God. If, if money becomes your master in this area, you will fill your life with money, 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 money. And there'll be no one at the end of your days to even inherit the money, 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 money. Because you've chased after everything else. And people have, I'm, this, this, is the nat, this happens, and I've seen this happen, where, where families and marriages and relationships get torn apart by greed. And it's because they're valuing money over relationships. And at the end of the day, you have nowhere to, nothing to do with it. You have not, no, nowhere to, to bless other people. But listen, as you're getting blessed, don't build bigger barns. Bless those that are around you. Bless those that are around you. Bless, listen to me, store up, Uh, 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 Begin to create funds for generations Which we're going to talk about I believe in a little bit in just a minute About how it is important that we leave a legacy Financially and spiritually to our family, amen Number four is this, y'all with me? I promise you I'm not going to preach too too much longer Number four is practice generosity Practice generosity This is a good way to cultivate um, A spirit of selflessness And to uproot selfishness. Because pure generosity helps uproot selfishness. So you need to cultivate a spirit of generosity by giving to others. Generosity will help shift your focus from accumulation to making a positive impact. Which, guess what that means? It means you're going to make your money matter. Whenever you take and shift your focus from accumulation to now, I want to give to others, you're making your money actually matter now. You're actually doing what the Bible talks about when in Proverbs uh, 19, 17. He who is gracious and lends a hand to the poor lends to the Lord, and the Lord will repay him for his good deed. So whenever you are gracious and you lend your hand to those that are around you that are in need, listen to me, the Lord sees that and you're doing it as unto the Lord. And the Lord says, I'll repay you for that. It means I provide seed to what? The sower. Whenever you sow, he provides more seed. Listen, I've said this and I'll say this and I'll say this anytime I talk about generosity. Generosity is not about you, it's about them. Generosity is not about you, it's about them. Because listen to me, if you are giving to others to make yourself look good or so you can tell everybody, look what I did, look how I blessed this family, look how I did that, look at this, look at that, guess what? There is nothing generous about that. There's, nothing, there's no true generosity in that. What it all is about is about clout, about ambition and gain, and you're giving out of the wrong heart. You are still, think about this, if I give with a heart to I want to give to you so that people will see what I did, it is not about them, and it's now all once again about me. I didn't really care to actually give to them. I wanted everybody to notice what I did for them, which the Bible talks about this and says, go bless people and don't even talk about it. Keep your mouth shut. Just bless them and walk away. And some of you been blessing people, but making sure you post all about it on social media. Okay, listen, just bless somebody and shut up. Like do the Lord's good work and do it as unto the Lord and then be quiet. Just bless people and walk away. Buy somebody's meal walk away buy grocery walk away break the wrist walk away break the buy buy some food walk away okay like we're gonna do that all right that's a napoleon dynamite reference i don't really mean break anybody's wrist okay that was just a movie reference that slipped in my head for a moment (laughs) practice generosity good lord something just it's all right everything all is well but listen generosity is about investing or lending to those who can't pay back this is where I'm talking about generations for a moment. You need to be generous to generations. Yeah. Proverbs 13, 22 says this It is important that we are generous. I'm sorry. It's, it, well, I don't actually have the. I thought I pulled up the scripture, but I didn't. It talks about in that scripture, in Proverbs 13, uh, 22, that it's important that we're generous with our family. The Bible speaks of the importance of leaving an inheritance to our generations, okay? So listen to me. What, what I'm talking about is, we're talking about. Generosity, the heart of generosity is really about investing into people who cannot give back to you. Guess what? Kids don't have the money that you have, your children do not have the money that you have. So whenever you set up accounts for them and you begin to sow into your family and leaving a legacy or money or financial inheritance or blessing for your family, what you're doing is you're sowing into someone who actually can't even give back to you. Now, I'm not saying one day they can't help take care of you or anything like that. But what I am saying is in the moment, there is no initial return. There's not going to be a return. You're not going to give your son or your daughter and put $10 into their account and they get $100 the next day from the bank. Okay, right? There's no, And then you're not going to get $100 from them either. What you are doing is you're sowing You're being generous to your generations, and that's important, okay? Number five is this. Celebrate small wins. Celebrate small wins in the area of your finances. Once again, we're talking about not making money our master. One way to not make our money our master is by celebrating small wins in the area of finances. To acknowledge... You need to acknowledge and celebrate your financial successes. It's okay to celebrate the promotion. It's okay to celebrate the, the blessing. You need to celebrate whenever you do the budget correctly. Whenever you get that, you need to celebrate whenever you drive by Starbucks because you know it's not in the budget this week and you say no. You need to celebrate that it's closed for a month because some of y'all saving a lot of money this month, okay? like. Like celebrate the small things. Celebrate the small wins in your life in the area of your finances. You need to. You need to celebrate all those things. Celebrate whenever you've went one week giving in the tithe, and then two weeks giving in the tithe, and three weeks giving in the tithe, and four weeks giving in the tithe, the five weeks the tithe, and six weeks. Celebrate that because se- when you celebrate those things actually psychologically, you actually want to continue to do those things because everybody likes success. Nobody likes failure. Everyone likes success. Celebrating wins gives you a sense of accomplishment and makes future goals actually seem easier. So in other words, whenever I can practice contentment, stick to my budget, whenever I can value my relationship over my possessions, whenever I can be a good steward, whenever I can drive by the restaurant, even though I really want to go get that food, but I have food at home, Celebrate the small wins, okay Because it'll make It gives you that sense of accomplishment And you want to do it more You want to continue And all the bigger goals that you may have For saving up for future generations For blessing somebody in a big way For maybe buying a weeks full of groceries Somebody. It starts with driving by the place That you don't need to stop by Or not buying that thing That you really don't need to buy today You know what I'm talking about? You understand what I'm saying? So once you can succeed here In the small thing it makes it much easier for that goal that some of us have. I mean, how many of you would love to just walk into somewhere and buy somebody's groceries? Like and, and you not even like like it hurts you. Like you're like, "Yeah, this is easy. Like I would love that." Some of y'all are not so sure. How many of you love to pull up to the gas station and go, "Hey, I want to fill your car up with gas today and just bless somebody with a full tank of gasoline?" I mean, I want to I want to be able to do this. Stuff. I love that the that those those kind of that heart to give and be generous, okay? But it starts with just realizing that I need to celebrate the small wins and then I will get to that and the last thing well, psychologically I research this our brains are wired to respond to rewards yeah. We're like dogs <laughs> celebrating the, the completion of small accomplishment leads to the completion of larger goals according to research by Teresa. Emma, Emma Bill, I think that's how you say it, from the Harvard uh, Business School. People who track their small achievements every day enhance their motivation to do more. So whenever you track those small accomplishments and achievements in the area of your finances daily, you're saying, money, you're not mastering me. I'm mastering my own money. I'm watching over it with the help of God. And so now it is much easier and enhances the motivation to continue forward in what God has called you to do with your money. Last thing is this, number six, surrender to your money to God. It brings us full circle all the way back to, to where we started in the beginning of this message the earth is the Lord's and what its fullness the world and those who dwell therein he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. I said this scripture to James 1:17 how every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Listen, your money is not yours it belongs to the Lord. Well, I worked for it, pastor. Yes, but he supplied you that job. Well, I put in the resume, Pastor. Well, he gave you the skill set to put down on that resume. Well... I worked to gain the talent. Yeah, but he gave you the things in life and the heart and the breath and your lungs and the fingers and the toes and, and whatever else, the mindset that you needed to achieve that and to fulfill that. Guess what? God gave you those things too. You wouldn't have the talent you have if it wasn't for God giving you the talent that you have, okay? So we need to come to this revelation that everything that you have belongs to the Lord, okay? It all comes back to God. If we really surrender our lives to God, we must surrender everything. That doesn't mean I surrender. God, 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 I surrender. I surrender my spouse to the Lord. <laughs> Lord, have it do what you would like to do in and through her, Father. Let, let her bless me abundantly and just love me unconditionally, God. Lord, I, just, I pray, Lord, I surrender my kids to you, Father. And Lord, just my kids, God, I just ask God, Lord, Lord Jesus, Fill those empty vessels. And, Lord, I just, like, Lord, I surrender my work to you, Father. Lord, give me the promotion and the success and all these different things. But, but, Lord, my money, Father, my money, that's mine. <laughs> that's not the way we pray, okay? If we really surrender to God, we surrender everything to God. Everything. That means money, too. That means everything. Because, listen to me, God is a better master than money, God is a greater master. He is a good master. Money will make you work and work hard. But listen, he will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Listen, God is a better master than money. You want to know why? Because God is joy. God is peace. He is love. He's your healing. He's your restorer. He's your provider. He's your savior. He's your deliverance. He is all these things. And he does things and he can do things that money can never. do for you money is just a currency God is everything money for many of us brings short time happiness but not without lots of frustration what else really is money other than short time happiness what really is money at the end of our days what will money be to us that's why we need to surrender everything. Miss Donnie, come play. Surrender everything to God. And he'll bless you for it. I mean, that, that, that doesn't mean you don't have to do, that, that doesn't mean that you can't do anything fun with your money. As a matter of fact, I'll let the cat out of the bag. Today, as soon as we leave service, I'm taking my family on a trip. You want to know why? Because I value my family. And I'm investing into time with my family, and I realize there is days in Disney I will never get back with my kids at this age, and I'm ready to go hang out with them a little bit and have some fun, okay but that's a part of stewardship is but I'm also not going to go into extreme debt. I made sure to plan for this and think it through and know that we have the finances to do that, and I'm not going to go get a big loan so that I could take my family to Disney and be in debt up to my eyeballs to go to Disney World, okay? But I'm investing into my family. I realize that God blesses me, yes, to be a blessing to others, but also he blesses me so that we can bless our kids and bless our generations and bless our family and, and, and invest into those relationships. So you can still do fun things with your money. You can still enjoy what God has given to you, but we also need to watch over it well. Because it just means at the end of the day, listen, if you're surrendering your finances to God, at the end of the day, it means this. He has the final say in your money. If you're really surrendering to God, if you're really surrendering your finances to God, what you're saying is, God, you have the final say. Whatever your word says has the final say over how I should budget, how I should use what you've given to me. And God, I give it all to you. How many today say, Pastor... I want to give everything to God, including my finances. You know, Pastor, I want to give my finances to the Lord because I, he's a better master than money is. And if that's you, if we will, if we'll stand up to our feet this morning, all of us, church. And I want to lift our hands today, and I just want to pray over you. I understand sometimes this is difficult whenever we talk about money and we talk about having to adjust things in that area. But you know, what? it's important. So let's pray together, church. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you for what you've given to us today. I thank you that it's rich to us your word is rich father that your word is great lord thank you for it is for us for correction and for change and for even growth father your word is for us in these areas so father thank you for all the word that we've spoken today all the scripture that's been spoken holy spirit we ask that you help us even as your word says you are the helper holy spirit help us Manage our finances in the way that you would want it managed, Lord. We realize that everything we have comes from you. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights, Father. So, Lord, we realize that. We come into that revelation today, God, and we say, We thank you, first off, we thank you for the supply that you've given to us. Whether we're in this room and we have a large supply, or, Lord, Father, you've given us maybe small right now, wherever we're at, wherever we find ourselves in the area of our finances, Lord, help us to be greater stewards, help us to watch over it better. Help us not become a slave to money. For, Father, we can't serve both God and money, but, Lord, we want to serve you and you alone. So today, Lord, we give you everything. We surrender everything to you, Father. And we thank you, God, for every good and perfect gift that you've given to us. Lord, we thank you for the greatness that's to come. We thank you that as we are faithful with little, you will bless us with more. As we're faithful and we're content where we are, Lord, you'll bless us more. As we're generous to those that are around us, even as your word promises, God, you will even bless us with greater. And you will see it and you will reward us. So Lord, we say, let your word be true. Let every man be a liar. And Lord, we know that you will do what you said you'll do in your word, God. So we give you all praise, honor, and glory for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. We give God a hand clap this morning? Amen? Amen. Amen.